Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to the Runners World podcast with me, Ben Hobson. And me, Jane McGuire. Today we're talking to GB athlete Jess Judd. Um, we're going from one extreme to another straight away, Jane. We've got, we're starting with athletics and we're ending up with 100 mile ultras in this chat. <laughs> I like it. Um, so, you know, the broad spectrum of running, that's what we're approaching. No Rick today, he's on holiday. I feel like Rick has lots of holidays. Yeah, he does. He do- I feel like this intro sums Rick up, starting with athletics, ending with 100 mile ultras. And because he's not here, I can say that. <laughs> It's all about Rick. It's just this is Rick's running journey. This is, this is it's a bit like this is your life. If anyone can remember that TV show, but it's about yeah, Rick and his running. This is all about Rick. He's not here, but he will be back. Um, yeah. So first up was the it was the British champs uh, at the weekend just gone, and we're, we're going to talk to Jess about her fantastic performance there. Um, but it was uh, an important Olympic qualifying event, and those wishing to get to Tokyo needed to finish in the top two and achieve a qualifying standard to guarantee a spot. So. The pressure was on, but there were some stellar performances. Um, the most talked about probably being Keely Hodgkinson um, winning the 800 meters mm. ahead of uh, Gemma Riki and Laura Muir, which was, you know, that was some. Well, Jess gets into it, but you know, that's that's a, it was one hell of a field out there for the 800, and and uh, yeah. yeah, similarly the eight, men's 800, which saw um, future podcast guest Elliot Giles win. Um, and we spoke to him ahead of those races and that was actually next week's podcast. So, you know, there's a, already we're promoting next week's, but spoiler alert, <laughs> spoiler alert. it's, a... <laughs> but you have to listen cause he's such a lovely man. So tune in tune next, next week. week. <laughs> um, Adam Gamili won the men's 200, but he already had a qualifying time and there were loads of other really great, you know, Jodie Williams beat Beth Dobbin, uh, to add the 200 meter title to her 400 meter title. And in doing so. It's the first women to win the 200 metres and the 400 metres at the same British Championship since 2005. That I liked as a stat. I don't know who the the previous person was in 2005, though. I didn't go that deep into it. I probably should have. Sorry, maybe I'll do it. That's a long time ago. (laughs) I can't do that maths quickly in my head. Sorry, guys, but that is a long time. It is a long time. I'll do it in the edit. I'll now say the previous person to, the previous woman to do this record was Donna Fraser. The joys of editing. Um, yeah, so a fantastic weekend for for British athletics, and it, and it seems like it seems like there's a there's going to be a strong field in Tokyo. It'd be interesting to see how everyone gets on. But yeah, on to the Western States, Jane. So let's go from athletics to 100, 100 mile races. One hundred miles. I think um, 
the biggest news here is that in the top 30 finishers, 50 were men and 50 were women, which is great. It's because it's just like, pretty, yeah. you know, the talent in female ultra running at the moment is just super great. Really cool. Um, Jim Walmsley took the overall win and Beth Pascal won the women's race. A big congrats to them both, but mainly to Beth, if we're going to be patriotic. But sorry, Jim, if you are listening, we're proud of you too. <laughs> we are proud of you too, Jim, but mainly Beth. Mainly Beth. Because the football's on, so why not? Let's, let's not be, let's be a little bit more patriotic than normal. Don't even, I just, I just can't with this football. I just can't. <laughs> it needs to be over. <laughs> I'm sick of welcome it. To, welcome to the footballing <laughs> podcast where Jane expresses her opinions on football. I'm going to get so many people messaging me hating me for this, but I just don't care. I just, I can't wait. Love Island starts tonight. Let's t- put the t- football off and let's all watch Love Island. <laughs> I've not watched a single uh, game of the Euros and I've never watched a single episode of Love Island. So I will be the anomaly in the, in the mix here. But... Back to the Western States. I still think that that is amazing. There was three women in the top 10. And we're not talking like over... We're talking overall. We're not talking like the men's race and the women's race. This is, you know, of all the field, 15 men and 15 female runners made up the top 30. That's that's that's, that's amazing, isn't yeah. it? Like That's just generally like just shows how the sport is evolving and changing and how women's running, especially in the ultra distance, is just becoming so good. So mm. it was, you know... Obviously, running, running, you know, 100 miles is just in itself phenomenal. But that that was the sort of standout bit of news from that event. So, um, yeah, yeah genuinely, genuinely brilliant. Um, how's your running going, Jane? Um, yeah, okay. I've I've moved house, so I'm kind of working out what that like. Oh, what does an easy four mile route look like? No idea. Don't know where I am. What? So yesterday I did a long run that was meant to be 12 miles, and then. Moving house is bloody awful. I'm exhausted. So I just stopped at eight miles, but it was lovely. I went through Bushy Park and along the river. Did you end up in a big Asda? I didn't. No, it wasn't that bad. It, was, it wasn't big Asda bad. It wasn't Asda bad. It was, right, it, it was probably like, oh, I don't know. I didn't consider calling an Uber, but was definitely like, nah, let's just, let's just abandon <laughs> now. You know, when you look on Google Maps and you're like, oh, if I run two miles more then yeah. I can just run home and I'll, I'll you know, be okay. But I was just yeah. like, no. What's four miles at the end of the day? <laughs> it's four miles. It's still quite far, isn't it? It's still quite a lot. It's normally like, normally I won't stop a bit. I'll, I'll, normally I wouldn't let myself do that. But I thought I need to, need to listen to my body a bit more. And yeah, London Marathon is kind of on the horizon. But also I challenge anyone to move house and focus on a long yeah, run right. at the same time so yeah to kind of gave myself a bit of a break which good isn't like good. me um how's your running how's how's it all going it's good i went for a run this morning in a very monday sort of attitude of just being like i've got to get out and move before i sit down and try and do some work and um you know how you kind of and I'm sure some listeners may agree, but you kind of use that running as like, this is going to settle me down for the day. This is going to boost the mood. I'm, I'm ready for this. Mm. And it did it for the whole run. And then I got home and I it, I lost the vibe immediately. Yeah. And that was not, that's not what I was after. I wanted it to be at least in, to last until lunchtime before I was a bit like, oh yeah, here we go. It's a bit of a busy day today. Oh, all those sorts of things. It was, it was, you know, I was, I was worried that running has lost its power, Jane. I wanted it to be like the great redeemer, but 
you know, maybe I'm uh, maybe I'm putting too much pressure on it. Maybe, but it was a yeah. lovely run. It was a lovely run. It was quiet. It was a bit muddy because it's just rained, and I quite like it when it's it, it's got a bit of a bit of mud underfoot in the in the on the trails. And yeah, it was a, it was a lovely run. But uh, yeah, you know, didn't it didn't quite tick the box that I wanted it to tick. So, well, is that running's fault or is that my fault? Yeah, answers podcast at runningswell.co.uk. Poll Instagram now running versus Ben. I don't know. That's a tough one. I think. I think. You can't put you can't put your life's happiness on a run, but oh, can you not? No. Oh no! Oh, that's a shame. Unsubscribe. All right, I quit. <laughs> this but, is the end of the podcast. Goodbye, everyone. Um, yeah. yeah, I know what you mean. I do know what you mean. Sometimes when you know you walk back in the door and there's just chaos, and you're not saying that happened to you. Not that pro- is exactly I'm not what happened to me, Jane. Um, but no, sometimes. That is- yeah, it's just like, and you feel it all drain away. I feel like that sometimes when I come back from a walk and I'm like, ah, oh, it was so much nicer five minutes ago and this is my life. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was bleak for a podcast. It was, but let's 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 bring it back up. But sometimes it's the best thing ever, isn't it? It is great. Sometimes it's that, it's that wonderful thing that just, re- you know, redeems a bad time, gives us a bit of freedom. So let's say, you know, we've got to take the rough with the smooth. Yeah. And maybe today today was a little bit rough. But you know, it will get better this week. You get to explore some new places and I'll go for a better run tomorrow and it'll be fine. Yeah. And there we go. All <laughs> sorted. We've sorted it. Great. Great. You've just listened to Jane and Ben's counselling session and now <laughs> now we can talk to someone much better at running. <laughs> and that was our guest of the week. Guest of the week. Here in the studio. Guest of the week. Sometimes on the phone. Our guest this week is middle distance and cross-country runner Jess Judd. Jess has just qualified for the Tokyo Olympics in the 5,000 and the 10,000 metres. Jess, welcome to the Runners World podcast. Thanks for having me. Um, We are speaking the Monday after the British Champs and the Olympic Trials, which you won. Uh, So a huge congrats. Oh, thank you. Um, (laughs) How are you feeling today? Yeah, I'm good. I think it's a bit, um, it's always a bit weird the day after because I think on the day you're really happy and then you sort of sleep and then <laughs> you wake up and you're just really tired and it's a mix of emotions. And um, But yeah, I'm really happy still, just a bit tired. What does recovery look like for you immediately after the race? Recovery, I guess. Well, it was funny actually because yeah, we just sort of got in the car and then we had to pick up our dog because he'd been at my fiance's parents. So we had to pick up him and then we got back and by the time we got back, it's it's quite like it's not very glamorous. Like you normally you have drug testing afterwards, and then try and find somewhere that's still open on a Sunday to eat, and then um, I'm straight back in the altitude tent. Um, wow. So I've got another couple of weeks until uh, we fly to Tokyo. So until then, I'm back in the altitude tent. So yeah, um, didn't have the best sleep, but yeah. And then today, I think I'm just going to take it like go for an easy run. And when you say in the altitude tent, you sleep in that, right? Yeah. Okay, so you just went and had a little nap in there after <laughs> after eating. Yeah, so it had um a little bit to eat. I think with the emotions, I sometimes find it really hard to eat afterwards because I think you're just so happy and and then you're so tired and um yeah, so I, I had a little bit. I think I had a bit of a pizza and then literally went straight back in altitude tent. So I've got a couple of 
yeah, a couple more weeks and I'll be really excited when I'm on the plane to Tokyo that I don't have to go back in there. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I've never been in it's... one. I've seen them, but are they, is it like sleeping in a tent or is it a bit, is it a bit claustrophobic? Is it weird? Sorry, I'm re- derailing yeah, it... this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's just like a, literally a tent for my head. So just my head goes in it. Oh, so wow. it's quite nice, but like the rest of my body's fine. But yeah, it sometimes if it's when it was really hot that, that we had a couple of weeks where this like sun was out and it got really hot during the day, that was a bit uncomfortable. But apart from that, it's yeah, it's not too bad. Wow. Do you have to sleep in it? Oh, we're now just having a big chat about your tent. <laughs> Do you have to sleep in it all night? Yeah, so I try and get at least eight hours in it um a night so I, I try and so I set it for about nine hours so I'm like just try and get in there and um yeah stay there all night really but I come out I tend to come out about two days before a race um and then yeah so I had two days before the race where I thought oh this is lovely I don't have to be in the tent and then <laughs> straight back in now <laughs> well it's 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 obviously working because you seem to be on great form which is which is great to see um and you already had a so you already had a qualifying time for the Olympics after the European champs, right? So basically, I qualified in the ten k um, about what was it? Uh, I can't even remember. A couple of weeks ago now. Um, so then we just decided like, should I give the five k a go? And that was probably my main aim coming into the year. So um, yeah, we just stuck with that plan and yeah, managed to qualify in that as well, which was nice. So does that mean you get to? choose or is it not that sort of or are you going to just now sort of knuckle down and be like actually this is the one event or go for both or what does what does the sort of like build up to Tokyo look like yeah so I think uh me and my like my dad's my coach so me and him decided that if it went really well we'd have 24 hours to think about it and make our decision and um I think even in the car on the way home last night I was kind of like yeah I think I'd like to do both the timetable allows it so the 5k would be first and then um the 10k would be last I think that's always quite hard the 10k you want to you know you just want to feel like that's I think that's the hardest one to recover from so I the fact that that's last is makes it easier um but yeah I think it's such a great opportunity and I've never made an Olympics before so um I feel like yeah I'd really like to do both (laughs) Yeah, for I have sure. So many questions about your dad being your coach because I think I would kill Jonathan Maguire if he was coaching me. So how like there must be pros and cons, and I know a few athletes have like that like dynamic. Paula Radcliffe had her husband, I think Eilish has her mum. So do, do you think that helps you kind of having your dad there because you can talk to him in a way that you wouldn't talk to a coach, maybe? Yeah, I think so. It's um, yeah, I. I because I was coached by my dad when I first started running and I sort of moved around a couple of coaches um in sort of like my teens and early 20s and then uh went back to my coach uh that my dad as my coach just because it's an honest relationship you know like it's it's really easy to be honest and say you know what it's just I'm not feeling good today or you know um he knows me better than anyone else as well so sometimes I find that sessions he sets I'd be like oh that's too hard and um or you know I that's easy and whereas with someone else I I wouldn't want to feel like I was insulting them if that makes sense whereas my dad I feel like it's just an easier relationship so um we do sometimes have to be like you know once we when we especially when I was younger when we come in the front door um we leave all sort of running talk outside you know like especially if it's gone badly you can't just bring it straight back in Mm. so um it's one of those you have to have boundaries as well but 
um yeah it's been working really well and yeah he knows me better than anyone and I him I guess so it, it's worked really well and what are the the rules seem to change but can he come to Tokyo with you uh no so I think at the moment then I would just be going yeah on my own as wow. part of like the team so that's a bit I always just like just assume that my first like, Olympics that you know you'd have your family and friends yeah. and stuff there and um so yeah it's quite hard to deal with you know like being like oh, I'm going to be by myself but it's it's what you're there to do a job as well by that mm. point I feel like you already know what you've got to do and it doesn't really make too much difference so um what with technology now as well I, I can just keep in contact with him quite easily so um yeah in a way it's good he gets really nervous as well and we, we, I get nervous so we're probably not great for each other right before <laughs> race anyway so. he'll have to um be living on Tokyo time so you can <laughs> FaceTime him at like 2am or whatever it will be <laughs> I know yeah that's the thing it's like trying to work out what the timings will be because sometimes it's yeah especially I was in California earlier this year and um I kept forgetting so after my race when it went really well I gave him a call and I think I worked out it was like four in the morning or something like, <laughs> I, I just completely forgot oh he wouldn't um, have been asleep there was no way he was asleep there's no way he was he was waiting yeah there's no way um so, I mean talking about the sort of setup in Tokyo and what that's going to be like in in these COVID times um how's your build-up to qualifying and racing during COVID and lockdown how's that been for you as an athlete. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been really hard, but I think it's it's been hard for everybody. Um that's the one good thing and the fact you know, like it's not been an you you know, we've all kind of struggled together. Um it's not been easy. Um I I was really lucky I managed to get um a race out in America. So yeah, I managed to go to America early this year and that without that my season would have been completely different. So um, it was just pure luck, really, that I managed to get some 5 and 10Ks out there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we didn't have access to a track until mid-April. Um, 
of this year. So, I mean, that was really difficult because it was, you normally you're starting, you've done all your winter work and I normally finish my winter about March um, and then I'm straight on the track trying to get, you know, used to just running lap times and um, me and my fiance trained together and we had to find like an industrial estate and it had been marked out every 50 metres. Um, so someone had gone round and spray painted <laughs> 50 metres and we just used that. Um so, yeah, to, to think that I've gone from using an industrial estate to then making the Olympics into events, I just, you know, if you asked me back in April if I could do it, I, I wouldn't have believed it just because it's been such a hard, it's been such a hard year trying to work out training and everything. So, yeah, um, yeah I'm still a bit amazed. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> that, is, that is amazing. Because there's like this, 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 the first thing that springs to my mind is like, the, the the hard concrete of a industrial estate versus like the softness of a track like it, that in itself like the the miles that you guys must be running and the reps you're doing that must take a toll you must find that like your body's more beat up than it previously would have felt yeah but yeah definitely it's um it's been it's been really hard to get used to it was one of those that you know the first couple of times you're on the road you're trying to run like 400 meter reps quite fast and you mm. think like I'm not getting anywhere because it just you know it's so much harder to run on the road I just think especially when you're having to turn and on the bends like obviously the track you can sort of just run and you don't have to worry about anything but obviously you've got people just walking around as well so <laughs> it's one of those like you're having to be careful of others but um yeah I've been really lucky I think there's been you know lots of talk with advancements and shoe technology and stuff recently and I'm really lucky um personally that yeah I've got um sponsored by Hoka and the shoes actually on the road I think that's probably the one the one thing that's got me through this year sort of injury free you know like if we've got so much more padding and stuff and I know it's been like documented quite a lot this year about shoe technology but I definitely think it it helps especially for things like that you know it, it wasn't quite as harsh on my legs mm. so yeah. by the time I got to the track it was you know it was okay that I got there sort of injury free and um yeah managed to sort of progress so it's literally I think I've just been really lucky that everything sort of coincided at the right time and um yeah I'm just yeah really lucky to have just remained injury free and managed to get on the track when I did in April I think if I got on in May it would have been a bit <laughs> touch and go so what what does because you're obviously racing 5k and 10k and they're quite very different distances what does your kind of training look like do you do a long run how far is that kind of what what is it week by week yeah so um it's probably been more like in the winter I did more of the 10k sort of half marathon training um so in the winter my long runs probably get up to like 14 16 miles um and then I do like probably, I, I try and do three sessions a week and two of them are like high intensity ones and probably one just trying to work on my speed a little bit um so yeah I'm doing three sessions a week and one long run um but I think in the winter through to the summer it changes quite a lot so I definitely do more gym work in the winter trying to just get strong so that's been one good thing about lockdown is we actually converted our garage into a gym um so that we had that right there and we didn't have to worry about you know trying to get into gyms opening again so we we basically invested in our garage (laughs) and then um just try to get as strong as possible over the winter and do lots of mileage and get around 80 to 90 miles a week so still you know like high mileage but 
so I could do week after week. I think sometimes last year I'd maybe do like one nine to five mile week and then have to go back to a 70 because I found it too hard. So it was more like just consistently in the 80s and 90s. And then in the summer, that tends to drop down. So the long run then becomes 10 or 12 miles as opposed to 14, 16. And then the sessions just get that little bit quicker. So I'm hoping that the 10K stuff still stays in my legs for the time that Tokyo comes around. <laughs> it's kind of one of those situations. I know we've spoken to a couple of other people that the distractions that COVID kind of removed almost have allowed athletes to kind of uh, center more on the sort of thing so as you say you've turned your your garage into a gym and it's kind of like then it's immediately like there you're not traveling somewhere else to go to it and you're not, all those sorts of things and you can kind of get the bits of kit that you maybe need more than others and sort of you don't they kind of removed the faff a bit if you see what I mean it's kind of like it allowed everyone to really kind of narrow down their focus and that kind of sounds like your experience in a, in a way yeah definitely it's been I've kind of just lived as like a like an elite athlete I guess like for the whole year you know I, I'm studying a PhD as well at uh, Loughborough University and I've managed to like I couldn't get in as much so I found myself being like oh I'll, um, I'll just go for a run or you know that's all we could do really in lockdown was go out and exercise so we were really lucky in that respect um, but yeah I kind of just really focused on the things that I could do so yeah like the gym we thought you know we we didn't know when gyms were going to open again mm. so it became like you know let's do what we can and we started off with like a, a medicine ball and a kettlebell <laughs> and then gradually got into like the squat rack and things and uh yeah my fiance Rob just keeps adding stuff in there so, I love it. Um, every time I go in there there's more and more stuff but um yeah we've just really focused on just trying to get as fit as possible for when races did come back so that we had that bank of work um and we could just like revert to it you know like so we were ready really whenever yeah. races did come back and luckily they did <laughs> do you ever do you have a treadmill or do you have two treadmills do you have to fight for, <laughs> do you have to fight for the one treadmill i know that's the one thing we haven't because i've got a bike in there and um i think that was the thing we were like we could only we only had space for one and we were like we're not gonna run separately so we still managed <laughs> to like hold off on the treadmill just because we thought oh a long run is going to take about four hours when both of us have to do it yeah that's true so, um, yeah we just uh we, we're still waiting to see whether to get a treadmill or not but yeah um everything else is in there but yeah I like running with him so we try to go out like together next thing we'll talk to you after Tokyo and you'll have converted your dining room into a gym <laughs> and you'll have two treadmills I can I can see it now <laughs> uh, yeah I think Rob would be happy with that it would just keep buying more of us <laughs> <laughs> um do you have a do you have a do you have a favorite distance between the two the between the five and the ten um it's been really weird actually because I've never done a 10k on the track until this year so I did one in California and got close to the qualifying time and then, so I did the other one in the European uh, t uh cup at Birmingham and got it there and qualified and I think I'm really lucky that both of them went well so I think at the moment I probably say the 10k is my favorite I really enjoyed the, like the two 10Ks I did on the track, I thought they were really fun. And yeah, I just really enjoyed them. Um, so I'd probably say at the moment, that's my favourite, which I just, you know, coming into this year, I didn't even know if I was going to do a 10K on the track. So um, yeah, it's a bit of a unique situation to be in. But uh, yeah, I'd probably say that over the five, just because um, I think it suits my cross-country sort of background a bit more as well. So yeah, I do really like that one. I think the 5K is just such a relatable obviously 
not the speed you're running it, but the 5K is such a relatable distance from things like park run or couch to 5K. What are your tips for kind of getting quicker or running a better 5K? Oh, yeah, I'd say for the 5K, it becomes more about patience with the distance. I think sometimes uh, you can run really well, like say one time, and then you try and it's. I think the five k is hard to do back to back. You know, that's you like especially with park runs. I found it a couple of times where you turn up to a park run and you think, oh, I ran great, like I'm really happy, and then you come to do it again, say the next month, and you think, oh, what's happened there? You know, like you can't. It's. I think it's really hard to keep you know coming back to and just improving all the time. Um. So I'd probably say patience with it. You know, like you just have to um bide your time I always think if you can have a nice like be patient at the start and don't go off too hard and just work into it I always think they're the ones that I perform better at um just work into the distance because like a good park run um I always yeah if I've had a good park run it's always where I'm finishing quite quick and um but yeah I definitely I think we're so lucky to have things like that in this country you know park run and stuff because it's just accessible to everybody so um yeah hopefully that they come back soon yeah i hope so too just bring it back to the weekend what was the atmosphere like racing at the weekend i mean and not only for yourself and sort of going for the 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 qualifying time but also just as a sort of precursor to tokyo and sort of like no limited crowds or no crowds and and all those sorts of things how how was it to race in those sort of situations yeah it's it's a bit weird I think it's it's different definitely I mean I was yeah thinking back to I think I did the world champs in 2017 in London and like the stadium like the roar you couldn't hear anything I couldn't hear myself breathing um it was that loud I just thought this is um yeah it's unbelievable so to go from something like that to yeah where there's only a a couple of people in the stadium Mm. Mm. um but I think it becomes more about the race itself I think especially because we've got used to being on our own a little bit more. Um, you kind of just, I feel like if this was, say, a year ago, it would still be really surreal. But I feel like you kind of got used to it a bit more now. Um, I'm just used to being in my own, you know, like I train by myself um, or just with yeah, my fiancé and that's it. So I don't have a massive group. So for me, it's not really too bad and I can just focus on not getting distracted <laughs> and getting round. Um, but, yeah, I think it would definitely be a, a weird olympics it's not going to be like the normal you know packed out stadiums um but i think we'll just all be so grateful to finally get there i think that'll be more of the thing just to get the race like going and just be there and i think it'll quickly disappear that there's not as many people there i i guess it takes away the distractions and the mind games and not that you play mind games but i imagine that bit of the start line where everyone's kind of waiting must be the most terrifying thing in the world so I guess being two meters apart from everyone kind of helps (laughs) yeah no yeah exactly it's been it's it has been really odd you know like when you're in the call room normally I think that's the most like intense environment because obviously everyone that you're racing against is in one tiny little room and you're sort of staring at each other out and um yeah it, it get it that is I think that's the worst place you know like you're just sat there and you're just waiting for like the inevitable where you have to go out so obviously with COVID yeah it's kind of everyone's now a lot more further apart and you don't it doesn't feel quite as claustrophobic it doesn't feel quite as intense which is is nice because you just have that little bit more space before you go out and uh, perform so yeah I think it's 
it's definitely it's been a strange year and um it was nice actually at the British Champs because it actually felt like we were slowly getting back to normal you know like we had that last year we couldn't even race really the 5k until right at the end of the year because uh, we had a 15 minute rule um for activity so it's like it was just yeah to be actually able to do it and it was yeah it just felt great it was like we're slowly getting back to normal which is nice was it nice to sort of um did you get a chance to watch any of the other racing i mean i, I doubt it very very much but i kind of did you because it's the, the qualifying and all that sort of stuff did you have friends racing in other air, like uh distances that you could kind of cheer along or is it not really like that yeah no it was actually it was because i was on yeah so because i was on sunday so we had the friday and saturday as well to just sort of I, I sometimes I hate it being last on because you watch everyone else go and perform really well and you think, oh, now I've got to go and do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so my friend was in the 1500 and she made it through to the finals. So that was nice. So that was something to watch on Friday and Saturday. And then my stepsister was actually running in the 800 metres. So she was on uh, Saturday and Sunday. Um, so yeah, my my poor dad, um, <laughs> he coaches her as well. So he she was on I think about 30 minutes before my race so wow. yeah he was a bit stressed yesterday and uh but yeah she got to the final so she I mean she's ha- had a couple of injuries and stuff this year so it was lovely to see her you know make that final because the women's 800 was stacked this year and it's been you know the the depth there and I think it was something like six people under two minutes or you know it was just unbelievable so for her to be in that race was really nice and uh yeah, it was nice to see her run well and it gave me the confidence to go out like 30 minutes after and try and do my best as well. Yeah, I mean, the talent from the week on display this weekend was just incredible. I mean, it was just like, do you think that do you think that GB Athletics is in a really good place at the moment? Yeah, I think I think the more competitive it gets in each distance, the more it drives people on. You know, like if one event gets competitive, you know, you have to be at the world standard to get on the team you know like yeah. if you have say, especially if you take the women's 800 for example you have six people who can break two minutes now to make the team you've got to be able you know you're, you're capable of making the final on the world stage and I don't that's that's so good you know you want that you want to be you don't sometimes it's great getting to these championships and things but you always want to progress through the rounds as well um so that's one thing on my mind as well you know I think we have five women that have broken uh that have got under the standard in the the 5k so again it's one of those like you can't just sort of walk on the team you have to be really competitive and um yeah I was really lucky it played in like my favor yesterday but yeah there's so many girls who could have like you know done exactly the same and we'll see who gets selected and whatnot but yeah um to get on the team you have to be competitive at the world level which I think is great for especially for middle distance in Britain it's probably the strongest it's ever been yeah it's really good to see well I mean it's Tuesday right that that's when the team's announced I think yes I think so yeah it's a bit surreal for me because normally I'm not in this position where yeah, I'm guaranteed so it's quite nice I could actually just relax today but yeah it's it's always uh it's just a waiting game it's it, yeah I always think today is probably the worst day because you're just waiting for news of what's going to come out i was going to ask if you were a family that runs together on christmas day but i feel like this is obvious (laughs) from your stepsister and your dad (laughs) yeah no we do yeah so we we always uh 
yeah go for a Christmas day run which is really nice but yeah because my sister's been based out in America as well and she runs so I think last year yes yeah, so the Christmas just gone oh. was the first year we couldn't <laughs> run together and uh so that was yeah that was sad because she yeah she was still in America and was like yeah there's no point me coming home and quarantining and stuff so um yeah we had to do our run separately which was different but uh yeah we all yeah we're a big running family which is nice it makes it easier to get out when the weather's horrible if everyone's going (laughs) yeah definitely especially if you're all together doing it and you know you've got so many miles to run each week and there's that one person who doesn't run and they're like what are you all doing why are you not bothering what are you all doing this for exactly yeah I always uh yeah used to laugh at my mum because she we tried to get her involved in running and she just like yeah me and my sister would keep trying and she just wouldn't get involved and so she just become the one that held the bags while we went for a run so she so, would wait at the end washes the kit holds the bags yeah <laughs> the glamorous part you can't you can't get anywhere with a decent without a decent support team so there you go yeah. Jess thanks so much for joining us and for chatting through uh everything everything building up to this moment and obviously the best of luck to for yeah, uh Tokyo luck. um oh, thank you it's been really nice to talk to you yeah and uh thanks for joining us Oh, thanks so much for having me. So that brings us to the end of this week's Run As Well podcast. Thank you very much to our guest, Jess Judd, and to you, of course, for listening. Please don't forget, you can also subscribe to three issues of Run As Well for just £5. Head to hearstmagazines.co.uk slash runaswellpodcast to get this exclusive listener offer. You can listen to the Run As Well UK podcast on Acast, iTunes and all your favourite podcast apps. Just search Run As Well UK and click subscribe so you get us popping up every single week (laughs) um thanks for listening and we'll see you again next week cool ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.